From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate in your cabin in the woods. A big how-do to all of you catching us on one of our affiliate stations across North America. Hi to everyone who listens to the podcast. It is everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn.com. Uh, those of you who take the show with you on your mobile device, the Conspiracy Show app. Those of you catching the YouTube live stream and those of you in the live chat, however and wherever you're listening or watching, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. Hey, have you uh, subscribed to Conspiracy Unlimited yet? Uh, three new episodes every week. They drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You don't have to wait till Sunday now if you're into conspiracies and the paranormal. Uh, and you can subscribe and listen at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. And if you like rock and roll and uh, strange mysteries, I think you're really going to dig the rock and roll Twilight Zone. Uh, new episodes drop every Wednesday. It's uh, part of the Jericho Network and Westwood One. All right, imagine a sinister, shadowy figure emerging from the darkest corner of your bedroom. Chills run down your spine, and as you find yourself paralyzed, unable to move or cry out for help. These terrifying encounters happen every single night around the world, and many of them are coupled with reports of physical assaults and sexual attacks. Throughout history, a number of religious uh, religions, legends, and belief systems describe encounters involving a moving, shadowy form. This phenomena is commonly known as shadow people. There's been uh, much speculation as to what or who shadow people are. Recent research points to the jinn, a race of spiritual beings who are well documented in Islamic culture and theology, with terrifying witness testimonies, expert opinions, and dramatic reenactments. Supernatural assault explores the sinister agenda of the jinn and examines the link between this ancient supernatural race and the shadow people phenomena. Uh, this eerie documentary will bring your worst nightmares to life, uh, leaving you wondering if you'll be their next victim. And it's, uh, it's called Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows. And one of the people that uh, plays a very prominent role in this documentary is our very own Paranormal investigator Rosemary Ellen Guiley, a best-selling author, researcher, investigator in the paranormal, metaphysical, and related fields, including afterlife studies and spirit communication, uh, interdimensional aspects of our extraordinary experiences. She has more than, I think it's closer to 70 books now published on a wide range of topics, including nine single-volume encyclopedias and reference works, and her website is visionaryliving.com. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, welcome back. How are you? Hi, Richard. Well, I'm doing well and uh, chugging away on new book projects. Uh, I have a lot coming out this year. <laughs> when are you not writing? Do you write in your sleep? <laughs> I probably write in my sleep and I don't even know it. <laughs> uh, Paul Tate has been reading, observing, and researching many aspects of the paranormal world since his early childhood. His fascination of the unknown began back as far as 1976 and stemmed from the strange and truly frightening experiences he had as a young boy while living in his native country of England. One such experience involved disturbing visitations from an ominous, shadowy entity. 
Paul would often wake up to see the sinister, sinister shadowy form standing right next to his bed, staring down at him. These unsettling paranormal encounters provided Paul with the desire uh, to learn more about the spirit world and has since led him on a lifetime journey of discovery and enlightenment in the many areas and topics of the unknown. And, of course, uh, he is with Dark Element Films. Paul Tate, welcome to you, sir. How are you? I'm great, Richard. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to a great show. So, yeah, I've been um, excited about this one. So, obviously, the the motivation for you to make Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows, that that really stems to your own childhood experiences. It does. And um, if you want me to go into that, I I will elaborate. Yes, please. What happened to you? Well, the first experience happened to me. um, I was around five years old. And me and my parents moved into an apartment in London that was built on the site of an old World War II um, bomb site where they had flattened a, a row of homes that were situated on that road. And um, I used to go to sleep at night and be woken by a shadowy figure standing by my bed. And I would look up at this shadowy figure, but it would just stare down at me. It wouldn't say a word. And it would just stare almost like it was watching me while I was sleeping. And I used to scream out to my parents to come and get me. And my mum would always come in and get me and ask me, you know, what was going on. And um, I used to just be terrified at night to go to sleep because this kept on happening. Eventually, I ended up sleeping with my parents. It got so bad. But at that time, obviously, I was too young to even you know, contemplate what this could be. And it wasn't until, you know, years later, I kind of started really talking about it to my my mum in particular, more than my dad. And then we we couldn't figure out what, what had happened. We only stayed in that apartment for a year. But that was my first experience. And this, you know, it kept on happening to me. And it affected me so bad that, you know, to this day, this, you know, when I go to sleep at night, I cover my head because I don't want anything watching me. So it left a, an impression on me, uh, you know, the experience that I had that has lasted to this day. This film, uh, this is something like 10 years in the making, right? How many people did you interview? How many victims of shadow people did you interview for this film? Well, in total in the film, I mean, there are dozens of people that we interviewed, but actual people who had, who have seen shadow people... We probably have about, I don't know, 12 or 15 or so interviews. And it happened by accident because we originally made a film called Your Worst Nightmare, which was about sleep paralysis. And during that film, um, we were discussing with the interviewees their experiences during the sleep paralysis process. And many of them, you know, were saying to us that they were witnessing the shadowy you know, non-material entities in their room. Some believe them to be solid and, and uh, as real as, you know, you or I standing there. And people were being attacked by these entities. People were just being observed. So I collected those interviews because I thought it was pretty strange. These people didn't know each other. And I thought that one day I'm going to do a documentary that would um, cover specifically the topic of shadow people. So that's how it came about. It was just by sheer accident during the filming of another documentary. We captured all these interviews, and then down the road, 
10 years later, we really started to put this together. Uh, life, you know, life happened and we had things going on and it was only then that we were able to get together and do this. The film is dedicated to a, a, a young woman who died tragically. Tell me about that story. Yeah, there was a an interviewee, her name was Dawn, and she was pretty distressed during her interview because she had not only seen shadowy entities around her property, she was physically attacked by one. And she was crying during the interview, but after the interview, you know, she was still upset. And I said to her, you know, what's going on? Why are you so upset about this? I mean, I've seen shadow people, and I've, you know, even in my adult life, I saw one during the experience in London. But she said to me, um, you know, she was terrified. She just she just can't cope with this. And she actually said that she believed that one of these shadowy um, figures was going to do her harm, was going to potentially kill her. And she actually said that. And I said to her, don't say that because, you know, you, you don't know what you can bring into your life, but don't go around thinking that that can happen to you. And we received a phone call, you know, shortly after we shot the documentary of her. And um, we were given the news that she was found dead in her apartment. And she was found dead on her birthday. She died the day before her birthday, but she was discovered on her birthday. So the cause of death, I couldn't find out at the time. And my wife had been inquiries. She couldn't find out. But the last that we heard was it was natural causes. So... It was strange because she was only in her 50s mm. and, um, you know, we just were, we were shaken up by that whole experience of, oh, bad. of, oh, bad. of Dawn. Rosemary Ellen Garley, you uh, have a major role in this documentary, Supernatural Assault. You've been researching shadow people for a long time, but when did you make the connection between these entities and the jinn? which is part of his I started, Islamic um, folklore. researching the jinn around 2004, and that, that was as a result of paranormal investigation and getting inquiries from people about some of their supernatural experiences that they had no explanation for, and they were terrified by them. They wanted to know what was going on, and these experiences were very similar in nature, just as Paul describes in his documentary, the, the nighttime visit by a dark, shadowy figure that's very threatening and, and can attack people. And it took me a while, actually, to arrive at the explanation of jinn, because in our culture we don't think much about the jinn. I was familiar with them from my own study of uh, mythology and supernatural and magical lore, and entities are all over the world, regardless of their dominant culture, so to speak, but I couldn't find any other explanation that could explain the characteristics and the behavior patterns of this particular entity. They weren't demons, even though they act in demonic ways. They didn't seem to be astral forms. They weren't the dead. They weren't ghosts. They didn't fit any ET categorization. Finally, I get down to the jinn. And when I applied that template, so to speak, to shadow people, a lot of things started falling into place in terms of the shape-shifting, their modus operandi, the way they vampirize the life force out of people, and their resilience against expulsion. I have maintained ever since then that I, I think shadow people are a form taken by jinn. There may be some other shadowy forms in the paranormal realm. We certainly find uh, a lot of dark entities drifting around certain haunted places, 
But the type of assault that Paul describes in his documentary, the bedroom visit with a dark figure, looks like it's wearing a coat and a hat, very threatening. That's what we would call classic shadow people, and I do believe that's the djinn. Now, I didn't have any childhood experiences like Paul did. I came into this through my paranormal investigation. Then once I started putting a spotlight on the djinn and focusing on them, then I started having experiences myself. And they can cause people trouble from just kind of annoying, exasperating sort of interference uh, in your life and your work to out-and-out physical, psychological, emotional trauma. And in lore, it is said that the jinn are capable of killing people, and that may very well have, have happened to one of Paul's interviewees. We're coming up on a break here. When we come back, I wanted to talk about whether or not this is related to the old hag syndrome, uh, because we used to hear a lot about old hag syndrome, and, and it was dismissed by skeptics and so-called professionals psychologists, sociologists, etc., as uh, sleep paralysis. So we'll find out whether they're related, and then we'll delve further into this uh, remarkable and horrifying documentary, Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows, now available on DVD and Blu-ray. We'll tell you how to get a copy. Back with more of my conversation with Paul Tate and Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Documentary filmmaker Paul Tate from Dark Element Films is with me, along with paranormal investigator Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And uh, the documentary film is called Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows. Uh, Rosemary, the old hag syndrome, again, often dismissed as sleep paralysis, but it has a lot of the same sort of symptoms. People feel like they can't move. They can't scream out for help. They feel uh, this ominous the sense of almost evil in, in the room with them. Uh, sometimes it's accompanied by a screeching sound, a, a pressure on the chest as if someone's trying to take their breath away. Are they related, old hag syndrome and the shadow people? They're definitely related, and I think the old hag is just a variation. People don't always see a form in the old hag. They may feel or sense a presence in the room. They might feel a weight upon them the bad smells, sometimes there's shuffling footsteps, you're paralyzed, you can't even scream out, and many people do feel choked or suffocated. With a shadow person a visit, the dark form is in the bedroom, and sometimes these figures will jump on people and do the same things, press down on them, suffocate them, and choke them. I've had people describe also breath suckers, where they feel like the, the shadow person is trying to suck their breath out, and I've even had people say suck their soul out. So um, I believe that they're just variations of a nighttime assault by this particular entity. And the old hag syndrome has been described for centuries. It's been documented all over the world, happening to adults and children alike. Almost everyone has uh, one or more of these attacks during the course of their lifetime. Paul, I took note that Dark Element Films is located in Maine. And right. I think you even point this out in your press material, that Maine is uh, something going on in Maine because a lot of Stephen King novels are based in Maine. Is that why you located there, or what is it about Maine? Well, love brought me to Maine. <laughs> My wife um, is from Maine originally, so we, we met, and 
and we ended up moving here. She lived with me in London, but it wasn't anything to do with Stephen King. It was just sheer coincidence that, you know, I ended up here uh, and and delved into this type of field. But um, Maine, Maine is an interesting place. I mean, it's creepy just as as a place naturally. And um, in the fall, you get the um, the sense up here, you know, anything can happen. But there's a lot of energy up here. People um, have have told me when I first came here that people were gravitating towards the area I'm in, the Western Mountains, um, because of the energy up here. And a lot of strange, there's a lot of strange things that go on up here that um, people talk about. There, there was um, the Sci-Fi Channel did a show up here about the, the Beast of Turner. It was some hybrid animal that was found. And we've had um, um, the Reich Institute up here. The, he, I forget his first name, but... He, um, Wilhelm Reich, that was it, he had the cloudbuster machine that um, he invented and he was up in Rangeley, Maine and he was developing that technology up there and it was all pretty strange and bizarre around that area at the time he was there. So there have been, not just Stephen King, but there have been some stuff happening up there or some things happening up here that, you know, people are interested in and can't explain. So Maine's always had that eerie feel to it. You, you sense it when you come up here. Right. Now, in Supernatural Assault, I know that there are um, some some reenactments, really scary reenactments, but did you also try and, have you ever tried, to capture uh, one of these shadow people incursions or attacks on film? Has anyone ever accomplished that? No. They, and that's the main reason that we did the reenactments, because nobody had it. I mean, there's there's plenty of videos online of people you know, supposedly capturing these things on tape and on in photographs. I spoke to a paranormal investigator, and her name was Polly Gear. She sent me a picture once of a shadow person that she actually caught in a prison, and the story was quite interesting behind that. But I, I haven't, I haven't yet um, myself been able to capture anything. Now, Rosemary, who is susceptible uh, to an attack of a shadow person? Is there a common denominator? Or does it have to do more with a geographical location? So, for example, if you happen to be in an area, maybe it could be someplace like Maine, where the the veil between dimensions maybe is is thinner, or maybe there's a portal or something. Who's susceptible? There are definite patterns, Richard, and uh, some of it does have to do with land and and the way land is energized. Uh, I have quite a few cases uh, where people have moved uh, into uh, a home. It could even be a new home. doesn't have to be an old one. Or they've gone to stay in a place like a bed and breakfast or a motel, and the entity is there, and it will attack whoever is there. Uh, and the attacks stop when people leave. And I've had cases where people literally have uh, been forced out of their homes because of, of relentless supernatural assault. Uh, so that's one type of pattern. And another type uh, of pattern is someone who's going through a lot of emotional upheaval in their lives. Uh, they've been wrecked by uh, catastrophic illness or financial problems or divorce, something that's turn their lives upside down and they're they're vulnerable that way they're emotionally vulnerable their auras become weakened and uh, many of these entities are opportunistic and they can find these vulnerable people and uh, they have an easier time attacking them 
usually when people get them uh, themselves sorted out and they get their lives back in balance and they get into a better, uh, stronger position, the attacks abate because the entity doesn't have as, as easy a time getting them. Then there are people who have thin boundaries to the paranormal. Um, from the get-go in childhood, they tend to have more experiences than the average population. And if they go into areas where uh, there are a lot of dormant energy or uh, entities like this residing in the land, um, there's something in their energy field or their consciousness that is able to activate things and stir things up. Uh, and so these people can often become victims as well. And then there's another case, which we don't re- another type, which we don't really know a lot about, and that's the generational. That uh, some of these gin entities will follow families through generations, like they've got old grudges uh, that go back in time, and they keep um, you know getting their pound of flesh out of every succeeding generation. And those are very difficult to suss out because you have to know what the original problem was uh, in order to try and alleviate the situation, and a lot of times people don't have that information. Paul, since you embarked on this uh, project to sort of raise awareness about shadow people and the jinn and so forth and the danger that they pose, have you been targeted much in the same way for example as rosemary she didn't have experience as a child but once she started to research it then they started to bother her did your experiences with shadow people uh resume intensify because you were working on this project well i haven't actually seen anything i mean i've seen twice things in my life once when i was a child the story i explained at the beginning and then i saw um a shadow person with another person when i was 18 years old in the Chislehurst Caves in England and while I'm making this documentary although a lot of strange things have happened I haven't seen anything materialize but I have had some weird stuff happening and when I say you know I haven't seen anything materialize I have seen things out the corner of my eye so when I'm here editing in the studio and it's late at night I, I have seen like black flashes go past my French doors and, it, and it's like, I don't know whether it's just tired eyes or whether it's just a, my imagination playing tricks on me late at night, but I, I did keep seeing black flashes, but I haven't had anything too untoward happen while, while I made this documentary to me. So, so we have the, the, um, the woman that, that passed away, uh, tragically, yeah. uh, aside from her, um, some of the more, which you would say are the more compelling or uh, horrifying testimonials or eyewitness testimony that you received from people in this documentary. Share some of those with us, if you could. Well, there was Dawn's case. In Dawn's case, um, she had three parts in the film, three separate incidents that we, we portrayed in the film. The first was to do with her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend. That's where it all began. And they were coming home one night driving down one of the dark back roads in Maine in a, in a pickup truck, and they were followed home, home by this. It was a shadow that they said was flying, and it was almost like, you know, if your audience has heard of, of the Mothman, it was that type of a, um, entity, and it was a shadowy form. It was almost like a, a giant bat. So she described that, and that was quite terrifying, the experience her daughter had. Um, another girl in the film 
Heather, you know, she had seen shadowy figures come into her room at night and terrified her to the point she had a, a breakdown on the film just by someone saying the wrong word. It was actually me that said it, you know, and it, the level of fear in these people um, because of the experiences is, um, is, is off the scale. I mean, they're just living terrified that these things may come back and, you know, revisit them and, and, and haunt them or attack them again. And one other girl in the film, um, she was sexually assaulted by one. She's quite graphic about the experience, but um, she claims that one of these shadowy entities used to visit her at night and it would crawl up on top of her. She was paralyzed. She couldn't move. And the entity would do what it did. And when it was finished with her, it would leave. And she was helpless. She couldn't fight it off. She couldn't stop it. And that traumatized her, you know. She, she just didn't want to go to sleep because she was fearful that this thing would come. Uh, Rosemary, the, the origin of the jinn, you mentioned from uh, the Isl- Islamic uh, culture. Are they mentioned specifically in the Quran? Yes, they are. There's quite a bit of material uh, about them in the Quran. Uh, the creation story that's presented is that in the beginning there were angels and jinn and no people. And um, the jinn had access to the heavenly realms and they could eavesdrop on the angels and they had dominion over the earth. And when God decided to create human beings, uh, human beings were given dominion over the earth, and uh, the jinn were pushed out. And um, the story is told that um, they were quite upset about it. In fact, um, when God ordered uh, the angels and um, to bow down before Adam, uh, the angels complied, but the jinn did not, claiming human beings were inferior to them. They weren't going to bow to anything inferior. And even though the jinn were banished to another realm, which we could uh, describe in modern terms as a parallel universe to Earth, because they are tied to Earth, uh, they were given until Judgment Day to prove their case against human beings. And so there are a lot of similarities between jinn and demons in terms of their behavior. Uh, there are evil jinn, there are good jinn. Um, in Christian lore, demons are all bad, um, except in magical texts where you can uh, summon up, uh, you know, demons to help you. But they're still a tricky, kind of undesirable lot. And uh, the jinn are, are much more like human beings: the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there are enlightened, benevolent jinn. And uh, the ones that seem to deal with us the most are the hostile ones who may be resentful for the fact that uh, they lost their dominion over the planet. And uh, there are some other creation stories as well uh, that that um, uh, the jinn actually predate uh, Islam. Uh, they're in the, the very old oral folklore uh, from the Middle East. And uh, there are other stories told about how they lost their dominion over, over the earth. Uh, but they're shapeshifters, and uh, they're very intelligent. Um, some of them seem to uh, have a, a deliberate intent to pester people and cause them problems, even terrorize them. And I think some are just opportunistic. Um, they play with us like a cat and a mouse. Uh, and uh, you don't have to have materializations to to have problems from them. When you start ah. encountering the jinn, things can start going wrong in your life. You That's what I was going to ask bad you. Luck, bad health, your relationships uh, start to get fractured. Um, one of the things that's 
plagued me a lot is in my work where um, my communications with people get disrupted, telephone, fax, messages, computer files go missing or get corrupted. Um, my husband and I have had, um, you know, car accidents after I've been involved in uh, significant gin cases. And uh, that's the that's the, the the way that they start upsetting your life, and um, they don't even have to show themselves; they just have to be ticked off at you. That's interesting. So you don't have to necessarily see them. Uh, they may be be working. Be, they may be working behind the scenes and affecting your life, and you're not even aware. We'll uh, take a time out. Come back. Continue on. Continue on discussing na- uh, supernatural assault. A uh, Dark Element Films release, Rosemary Ellen Guiley is in the documentary, and uh, documentary filmmaker Paul Tate, paranormal researcher as well, is here. On The Conspiracy Show, back with more. Stay with us. Beaming across North America, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Filmed and produced in Maine, Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows, is uh, dedicated to Dawn Howley, a Maine resident who was found dead on her birthday shortly after completing her interview for the film. In the documentary, she expresses concern for her personal safety after being physically assaulted during a supernatural encounter. So one is uh, left to wonder, did her worst nightmare actually come true? Paul Tate is uh, with us. He is the uh, documentary filmmaker. Dark Element Films is the company. And Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who is in the documentary, and of course she joins us uh, once a month to talk about the uh, the paranormal, the supernatural. Uh, Paul, did any of the, the people you interviewed, did they have physical wounds uh, that were visible during filming that they attributed to an attack of these jinn or shadow people? They didn't have physical wounds, but Dawn actually was grabbed and dragged. Her, she was pulled over the back of the sofa, like not fully over, but she was grabbed hard enough that um, her arm, she could, she said it, it was sore after the, the attack. She felt, she said she felt every finger and thumb on the hand that grabbed her. And she, she said it hurt her. I mean, she, but there was no one that I can remember that was physically you know, scratched or although I've, I've heard of that in the past that people have been scratched and worse, but during the making of Afton, that was pretty much the, um, the most significant, uh, physical effect that somebody had reported to us. Rosemary, what is the best defense against these entities? I mean, is there any way to prevent this or are people pretty much, if once you're targeted, you, you just pretty well resigned to have to put up with this nonsense. Uh, a lot of it just depends on the circumstances as uh, to why you've attracted their attention. And th- that's one of the key things. It's, it seems that you, you have to attract their attention in some way. Uh, and for some people, it's like moving onto the wrong piece of property. And those are the, the, the hardest cases to deal with because the, the entity is literally a resident of the land and it's energized by the land. Uh, and um, um, they've probably been there uh, a lot longer than human beings have, have been there. And so trying to exercise them from property 
uh, is very problematic. And I've had cases where people get uh, a few weeks or even months of, of peace, and then the entity is back. It's, it's rather relentless. And in other cases, uh, you have to figure out what the problem is. Uh, and um, there are lots of remedies. Um, many have been developed uh, from uh, the Middle Eastern culture, which is probably more familiar with them than most other cultures. They're, the jinn are present all over uh, the Western world, but they just never made it into our awareness or mythologies. And there are prayers that help. And uh, I think one of the best defenses, which is often very hard for victims, is trying to get past fear because fear makes you instantly vulnerable and it sends off adrenaline energy and I think that's one of the things they want. They vampirize our life force and they are able to make use of it. So if they can make you afraid, they've accomplished 90% of their goal uh, and that in turn weakens you on all fronts, physically, emotionally and psychologically. I've had some people just get angry and sort of declare their boundaries, like sort of a get out and don't ever come back and leave me alone. And they will often invoke meaningful prayers for them um, that that they feel have power to them. doesn't matter what religion, as long as you're connected to the force of those prayers. And those have been effective. And then in other cases, they're not. So uh, in a lot of these cases, uh, people wind up having to experiment a lot until they find something that uh, that seems to alleviate the problem. Paul, do these attacks always take place at night, in the dark, in a bedroom, or can someone be victimized during the day in a public place? I would imagine so. I mean... A lot of the people that we did um, interview, obviously, during the sleep paralysis, it was about sleep. So, yeah, it happened at night in the bedrooms. But shadow people have been seen in other circumstances. Like I said, I saw one myself when I was 18 with somebody else. At the same time, a person that I didn't know in a set of caves in England, in the Chislehurst Caves. So that wasn't a bedroom, but it was dark down there. But we had that experience outside of a home. It was in a in a strange environment, you know, under the ground. But the, the entity was seen by me and another lady that I had no prior contact with. So it is possible, I believe, to see one of these entities beyond the human, you know, beyond the, the bedroom. And it could be anywhere. It could be Dawn reported seeing one of them in the woods outside her house. So they can be anywhere. Any relation to the Slender Man legend, Rosemary or Paul, either one of you? Well, there, it's possible that the Slender Man is a new iteration taken by the jinn. I, I think they're constantly shape-shifting, and you can't discount the Slender Man as an Internet uh, creation because these things are like thought forms. They take on lives of their own, and, and they, they become real. They literally become real. And human beings project their consciousness into this and help make them real as well. But I do believe that the jinn throughout history, um, in their study of human beings, they know what frightens us and uh, they they use our fears um, to uh, shapeshift into forms that uh, activate those fears. And there's been a lot of speculation that even some of the beings that we call ETs uh, are, could be jinn as well, and not necessarily beings from other worlds. Well, that's interesting. And, and Rosemary, you and I have talked about this before. This idea that the jinn are, in fact, 
the common denominator for a lot of the paranormal or supernatural phenomena that we fear the most. Alien abductions, hauntings, demonic possession, the old hag. It could all be emanating from one source, correct? Well, I've had Middle Eastern sources tell me that, and it's actually a very disturbing idea that all of the things that are in the paranormal and demonic uh, and extraterrestrial realm, could they all emanate from the same being? And many of the experts that I talked to said, uh, you know, look, Rosemary, it's all the jinn. It's always been the jinn. All these things that we try to differentiate as different spirits and entities, it's just versions of them. And when you contemplate that idea, that presents a very disturbing picture of creation. But you're getting back to the Koran then, where uh, there were angels and jinn in the beginning, and then people came along. All right, we will uh, take another time out, come back, and uh, discuss further. Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows. Available now to stream online or own on DVD and Blu-ray. And that's uh, through DarkElementFilms.com. DarkElementFilms.com. You can watch the, uh, the documentary right there, stream it right there. It's, uh, it's scary and some uh, remarkable reenactments uh, as well. You don't want to be alone when you watch this, folks. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Back in a moment. Follow the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back with Paul Tate, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and I was just watching uh, the trailer again online. There are the reenactments, which are, are, are done beautifully, but then you have these victims on camera, and my word, they are just visibly afraid, just recounting these stories to the point of, of, of being in tears. It's, it's uh, almost difficult to watch in that respect. Paul, I was asking Rosemary about the Slender Man, whether there's a connection, and then, then we were talking about how the jinn may be, in fact, the source for most supernatural activity in terms of, you know, malevolent intent and so forth. What are your thoughts on that? Well, during the making of this documentary, um, yeah, I believe that. I mean, I've spoken to Rosemary. Obviously, we interviewed her quite intensely, and she provided a lot of information, but there's also an Islamic scholar on the um, documentary film. His name's uh, Yasir Kidi, and he is of the same belief. He says it's all a jinn. He says, you know, they can appear as ghosts, they can appear as dead people, they can appear as, uh, you know, in any shape or form. They purposely take on forms to terrify people. So they, they could be tapping into our subconscious fears, you know, the fears that we hold deep in our minds, and um and and using those to generate that 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 fear level in us when they you know appear in our bedrooms so maybe all of these things are the jinn i i think that it's definitely plausible and i i i tend to um agree with rosemary and some of the others that have have said this that a lot of this that we are seeing could be the work of the jinn is this building towards anything in other words are we working towards some sort of a jinn apocalypse are they are they looking at some whole scale invasion is that what we're facing are there any hints in any of the religious texts well it's been said that you know the jinn were given until judgment day to prove their case that you know man was inferior to them and maybe 
this whole thing is leading up to something like that. I don't know. But, um, I mean, Rosemary's researched it far more than I have. But maybe there is something to that. Maybe the gin are trying to do something to us. Some people also think that they're, they're vengeful and they're, they're just trying to wreak havoc and destruction upon mankind as a, as a form of revenge. So there's many aspects to it, but maybe there is an end game in their, in their whole plan. Rosemary, any thoughts on that? Is there a, a gin apocalypse in our future? I certainly did encounter that in the interviewing I've done over the years, that the hostile gin have an agenda of reclaiming dominion over the planet. You know, they live in another dimension, a parallel world to ours. They are able to exist in our world, uh, and they find openings through portals and these energized spots where they can come into our world and manifest and exist, but not apparently on any long-lasting way. And so could that be part of their plan is that more of them start coming into our world and wreaking havoc and finding ways to, you know, regain that dominance to be able to stay here. I have interviewed uh, Islamic experts who feel that that's part of the plan. And one of the things is, Richard, that for some decades now, uh, since about the middle of the 20th century, uh, human consciousness has been focused onto alternate realities. Uh, with the advent of the, the UFO era post-World War II, with uh, all the attention devoted to angels, to near-death experiences, to uh, the, the craze for paranormal investigation, more people en masse have turned their attention to alternate realities. And could this be creating massive thought form energy that enables more of these occurrences to take place? Because we are opening ourselves up to uh, these kinds of experiences. People go out looking for them. They want to have experiences. We're talking about them more. We're accepting them as part of our um, part of our lives, and that could profoundly change our reality. To either one of you, why do they assume this form uh, of shadow of people? Because the depictions I've seen of the jinn, they're actually far more frightening when they're not cast in shadow, when you actually see them as they, I suppose, truly are. Do you know what I'm saying? That would be more frightening to me. Yes, the shadow um, aspect of it, we, we covered that in the documentary as well. It's pretty interesting because the humans, what, what we can see of the entire electromagnetic spectrum is a thin sliver called the visible light spectrum. And um, we're pretty much, with what else exists from radio waves all the way to long radio waves, we're pretty much blind to that. We can't perceive any of that with our, our visual senses. But the shadow people that appear to people um, may be existing on a different light frequency that we can perceive. So when they stand in front of you, they're going to block out the light that you can perceive and reflect towards you light that you can't. So maybe that would explain why they appear as shadow forms. We can't see the light that they're um, they're giving off, but they're blocking out the light behind them, and all we see is almost like a shadowy silhouette, a cutout, and that may be what is explaining the the shadowy forms that people are seeing. Has anyone ever witnessed? Uh, you mentioned, you know, that when it comes to the jinn, there are good jinn, there are bad jinn, and everything else in between. Has anyone ever witnessed a good jinn face squaring off against a, a, a bad jinn? I'm not talking about, you know, like. 
raw on uh, the world wrestling entertainment or anything, but uh, you know, t- two of these battling maybe one is trying to protect a human from one of the the bad jinn, anything like that. Well, I, I have heard of cases, and uh, I uh, from people I've interviewed uh, that um, the jinn supposedly have. Uh, their own laws in society like we do and and some of those uh, there are prohibitions against interfering with with human beings but they do anyway and when you think about it, human beings break laws all the time too but i have had people tell me about cases i have not had any cases myself where i've witnessed any of this but that there are higher order jinn that are called in to discipline lower order jinn and that is one means of getting them uh, nullified or expelled from premises or from bothering people. And it takes a very skilled person to do that. That would be something that if I were to consider that as a remedy, I would go into the uh, Islamic community and find the skilled and knowledgeable people who have had experience doing that. Are the jinn able to affect people's behavior, even if they don't present themselves as shadow people. What I'm thinking about, for example, is could they corrupt the mind of a politician or someone in authority or, let's say, someone who becomes a terrorist? Could these individuals who are behaving horribly be under the influence of the jinn? Well, yeah. Um, in jinn I mean, law, yes. And, in fact, there was a major case in the international headlines in 2010, I believe, when the then-president of Iran was sort of exposed of having uh, people in his high-level government who are trafficking with jinn. One of them was an acknowledged sorcerer. He said, of course I use the jinn. You know, I use them to spy on people. I have jinn placed in the FBI and the CIA and MI5 and the Mossad. Why wouldn't I use the jinn? And uh, we can summon the jinn and hire them as mercenaries. And I do believe that these things take place. Human beings have been summoning entities throughout history to help their cause and demolish the enemy. And why would things be any different today? It's not primitive superstition, it's reality. Paul, did you want to add to that? I was just about to say that the jinn have been known to influence people, and that that story that Rosemary brought up about the Wall Street Journal, that was back in 2010, that was in the documentary as well. And again, people have been known to use the jinn you know, for nefarious reasons to achieve their goals. There's a, a DVD or there's a documentary out there as well about magicians, famous magicians that have used the jinn. The jinn are associated with magic, magical forms, and um, they have used the jinn um, to advance their careers, you know, to perform feats of amazing um, conjuring skills that just defy physics. So these people across the world have been using the gin for years. It's just that in the West, we just don't believe in this stuff. And in the East, they take it very seriously. So it does happen. Once again, Paul, how do people uh, stream this uh, remarkable documentary online and how do they purchase a copy on DVD or Blu-ray? Yeah, just visit the website darkelementsfilms.com. There's a lot of information there about the documentary. You can watch the trailer. You can read about the gin, and you can read about shadow people and a bit about myself. And um, if you want to buy a physical copy, you can also do that there on DVD and Blu-ray. 
Supernatural Assault, Terror from the Shadows. Paul Tate, thank you so much uh, for this and spending some time with us. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, same welcome. to you. Always a pleasure, Richard. Thank you, Richard. My pleasure. Appreciate it. DarkElementFilms.com All right, my thanks to Ian Robertson, Young Zachary, Albert Vinzel, Ryan White. Back next week with... Who do we have, Albert? It's Jim D. Eugenio on Ah, JFK. Yes. Just wrote a new book on JFK with a a foreword by Oliver Stone. All right. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.